The Dance Edit podcast is brought to you by Jackrabbit Dance. Jackrabbit is the industry's most reliable dance studio management software. If you're a studio owner, you know how important class management software is. Jackrabbit is going to make your life so much easier. Their software is cloud-based, powerful, and adaptable. And Jackrabbit has the industry's largest team of trainers, product coaches, and client success specialists to support you in your studio. You wouldn't accept less than the best from your students. Don't accept it from your software either. Visit jackrabbitdance.com and use the promo code DANCEMEDIA, all one word, for a free trial. and welcome to the Dance Edit Podcast. I'm Margaret Fuhrer. I'm Courtney Escoyne. And I'm Lydia Murray. We are editors at Dance Magazine and Dance Spirit Magazine. And in today's episode, we'll be talking about how Black dance artists are engaging with the protests over the deaths of George Floyd and so many other unarmed Black people. We'll be discussing the ways the larger dance world is just not doing enough in its efforts to support its Black members. Um, We'll get into the actions that individuals can take to be more effective allies to the Black dance community. And we'll hear from the brilliant Alvin Ailey American Dance Theater star Jacqueline Green. No throat clearing this week, we're just going to get right into our first segment, which is a discussion of the absolute flood of social media posts that came over the past week as dancers and dance organizations tried to show that they're on the right side of history here, that they stand with Black artists. Um, there was the Ballet Releves for Black Lives campaign. There's the blackout on Tuesday. There was the backlash to the blackout. A lot was going on. Yes. So earlier this week, Teresa Ruth Howard started the social media campaign, Ballet Releves for Black Lives. And Teresa is a Black dance scholar who has been doing the work of diversity, equity, and inclusion for years. And she is the founder of Memoirs of Blacks in Ballet, which is dedicated to preserving, presenting, and promoting the contributions and stories of Black dance artists in ballet. And it was a call to action to ballet organizations that had been working toward diversity, equity, and inclusion because there was not a lot of public acknowledgement of George Floyd's death among ballet organizations in the early days that followed. So this campaign was essentially saying, hey, Black lives are on the line, and now would be a great time for you to step up and use your power and privilege to publicly, unequivocally support Black dance artists. And in the initial Instagram post about this initiative, uh, it said, demonstrate your outrage, demonstrate your allyship, demonstrate your authenticity, which was important because ballet, as we all know, I'm sure, is predominantly white. And these, um, these institutions are steeped in tradition from the stage to administration and leadership. And while a lot of these institutions have made progress in their commitment to DEI work, they can find themselves walking tightropes by needing to please donors and board members and longtime patrons and other stakeholders who might be slower to accept change. So they may want to avoid seeming too radical at a time when their voices really matter. Um, but shortly after after Teresa uh, created this initiative, a different social media campaign took shape, and that was Blackout Tuesday, or the show must be paused, which I'm sure we have all, all seen by now. Um, it was characterized by a black square with one of the two hashtags mentioned, but it quickly went awry. Yeah, so Black Relevates for Black Lives kind of seems to sort of got, get folded into the show must be paused. Uh, and Vulture 
actually did a great story outlining the origins of Blackout Tuesday and how it ended up kind of going wrong. Uh, It was created by two Black women in the music industry, Jamila Thomas and Brianna Ajameng, to, I quote, disconnect from work and reconnect with community. Um, It went from the music industry to the dance industry. um, And as the day went on, confusion over hashtags, um, essentially people were tagging hashtag Black Lives Matter with these plain black squares, which led to a sort of burying of crucial information for protesters that live at that hashtag. Um, And also Instagram's algorithm maybe being too smart and figuring out that Blackout Tuesday was linked to that. So grouping them together and, again, burying the crucial information. Uh, So it resulted in a backlash against this. Um, It's worth noting that the plain black square was not an original part of what people were being called to do. What people were being called to do was to take that day and don't worry about work for that day, but instead talk to your community and talk to the people that you're working with about anti-racism efforts um, and amplify voices that maybe aren't being heard, but that really, really need to be heard right now. Right. There was no mention initially of logging off of social media or posting that blank black square. And um, Jamila and Brianna both used their their own website to boost helpful resources like petitions and funds. And then it just kind of got warped into this general idea called Blackout Tuesday. And it seemed intuitive to post the, the Black Lives Matter hashtag with the black square at first. But then that unfortunately ended up um, obscuring really important information under that hashtag. Yeah. And solidarity is just a start. Uh, You know, like, cool, show solidarity, but you have to do the work beyond that. Otherwise, it's just performative. Yes. Yeah. Especially because it seemed like there were a lot of people who did have powerful platforms who were kind of misunderstanding the whole movement and rather than using those platforms to affect change, they ended up just being absent for a day. So not not the the original intent. Um, but we don't want so we don't want this whole conversation and that controversy to obscure a more important point here, which is that many, many black dancers and black choreographers and black dance leaders were posting important and emotional messages on social media. Um, and those messages should be amplified by anyone who has a voice. Um, so we wanted to share a few particularly powerful posts from black creators. Speaking of using your voice and not just relying on a social media campaign, Nikisha Fogo recently posted a beautiful dance video with the caption, how do we move forward from this? What is the next step to take? It is not enough, in my opinion, to just repost hashtag Black Lives Matter and move on with your life. Um, And it goes on, but the, um, the message is action actually needs to be taken. Yeah, I was particularly struck by the Royal Ballet's Marcelino Sambe posted a short, also posted a short dance video uh, entitled I Can't Breathe, uh, which was a reaction to George Floyd's death and his last words. Um, Honestly, I just go watch it. It's, of course, it's beautiful because it's Marcy and he's an incredible dancer, but um, there's so much in it. It is so beautiful and so heartbreaking. He had a lot to say as well, and I appreciate that he used what he does to say, help say it. Yeah, we'll link to all of these videos in the episode description in case you'd like to to go watch them yourself, and you should. Um, I wanted to call out a video made by two commercial dance industry stars, um, Twitch boss and his wife, Allison Holker. Twitch is black, Allison is white. 
they posted a video first on TikTok, I think, and then on Instagram. That's it's like a, it's a check your privilege quiz, essentially, where there's a voiceover that goes through a list of questions pointing out white privilege. So put a finger down if you've been followed in a store unnecessarily. Put a finger down if you've had someone cross the street to avoid you and twitch first 10 questions. All 10 of his fingers were down. Allison, no fingers down. I think she had to put one finger down eventually about um, having to protect her child who's biracial. It's, it, was, it was just a simple, stark, powerful invocation of what white privilege is. I mean, how it functions. So we saw dance companies all over, our magazines included, express, express support for protesters and for the Black Lives Matter movement on social media. Much of that ultimately rang a little hollow. Um, a lot of white dance organizations claim to be working to implement diversity and equity and inclusion. They put Black dancers front and center in their marketing campaigns. They launch diversity initiatives, and they say that they're mindfully engaged in this kind of work. Um, but when it comes down to it at a moment like this, and especially now since there are increased financial pressures at play um, due to COVID-19, many are still failing Black dancers. Um, and so Teresa Ruth Howard, again, she's been such an important voice in this current conversation and also just in the ongoing conversation about race and dance. She's been doing this work for years. Um, wrote an op-ed for Dance Magazine laying out the ways that white dance organizations need to step up to support Black artists. Yes. And early in this piece, she addressed some recent factors that, as she put it, set the stage um, for, for the shift and the unrest that we're seeing now. And for one, the recent news of COVID, COVID-19 disproportionately affecting Black people, followed by a rush to reopen the country, had already felt like yet another instance of our long history of Black lives being undervalued. And then we saw the senseless deaths of Ahmaud Arbery and Breonna Taylor, and then the Amy, the Amy Cooper incident in um, the Ramble at Central Park, where she called the police on a Black man emphasizing his Blackness because she would not put her dog on a leash. Um, so uh, Black members of the dance community then, of course, saw George Floyd lose his life, and we identified with that too, because we know that everyday life, as fragile as it is for everyone, feels particularly like Russian roulette when the safeguards from medicine and public health to law enforcement and beyond so often fail to protect the lives of those who look like you. And dance organizations that had taken funding for their DEI work in recent years and expended a lot of time and energy communicating that work um, were really slow to acknowledge this, um, the, the emotional and psychological and physical toll that these current events were taking on their stakeholders. Like one thing I will say, I think it is telling that today, as opposed to six years ago, um, it's very much seen as if you don't speak out, this will be harmful to your uh, institution's public image. And I think if yes. you go back not that far in history, that would not have been true. So there has been some progress, but not nearly enough. Yes, it's important to not um, rely so heavily on your public image and to not be so focused on 
presenting um, presenting yourself in a way that makes you seem like you're, in quotes, on the right side of history, that you don't actually do the work yourself and you don't actually take that initiative to show that you care genuinely. Um, empathy is so important here. And also today, well, yesterday, when you all get this podcast, um, British GQ came out with an interview with Eric Underwood, who's, of course, former soloist at the Royal Ballet. Uh, and he points out that it's very difficult, um, this is a direct quote, to ask people to dismantle a system that they're currently benefiting from. Um, and also, personally, this is a little bit of a tangent, but personally, I'm you know tired of black pain being turned into a spectacle and used as some sort of instrument for white healing. And I don't think that it should take displays of our physical or emotional distress for people outside the black community to... Um, to reflect and to at least become curious enough about how to uh, create change. Well, and I think Teresa said it very simply, but very effectively, you want us, stand up for us. Yes. Yeah, we've been paraphrasing Teresa's words, but please go read them. Um, yeah. we'll, we'll link in the episode description. Yeah, she laid out a dozen steps that dance organizations should be taking so that their allyship is not just optical, it's actually doing the work. So clearly, dance companies and organizations do need to take large-scale action, and all of our magazines are included in that directive. Um, in our next segment, though, we wanted to talk about what individuals in the dance community can do right now to support Black artists. Um, there's been a lot of information along these lines circulating on various respected platforms. Um, we wanted to share some of it here, not as experts, but just as messengers. What actions can we take? One actionable item that Teresa mentioned uh, on a broader level is to just get informed, be humble enough and vulnerable enough to be open to learning. Think of people like Ahmaud Arbery and Breonna Taylor and George Floyd and so forth as people in your own family think of how that those deaths would affect you uh, and introduce black scholars like Brittany Packnett and Mark Lamont Hill to your followers because they are experts in this work. Um, I would also say uh, if you're on Twitter, there are so many incredible resources being circulated right now. Uh, people are putting together actual curriculums for anti-racism, self-education, uh, collections of works of Black revolutionary texts. There's so much out there. You you don't even have to look that hard for it right now. And one thing I want to say, I think as dancers, we do tend to be perfectionists, right? Um, and I think like uh, like I'm a white woman, and I understand why there would maybe be a fear of if I speak out and I say the wrong thing, maybe that'll be worse. So I should just not speak. But here's the thing, guys. Um, as dancers in a studio, you would never let your fear of not executing a step perfectly stop you from trying it in class. Because trying and making mistakes and listening to corrections and applying those corrections is how you improve. And becoming a better ally is no different than that. Um, there is no such thing as perfect discourse. You are going to mess up. It's going to be uncomfortable. So keep listening, keep learning, and use your voice to amplify others. As you would say, retweet. <laughs> <laughs> um, there are also there if you can donate funds. We, of course, you sh you should do so. Um, 
there are a few dance class fundraisers that are happening. Just, I mean, if you are a dancer, it is a very specific way for you to get involved in that on that front. There are several different um, options right now. Paradance Capizio Center is hosting a full week of online classes with funds raising, funds raised going to organizations fighting racial inequality. Um, Martha Graham Dance Company is doing something similar. Movement, the Instagram account Movement for Hope is doing something similar. Um, one way for dancers, that's one way for dancers specifically to do that kind of giving. Um, but there are also so many other outlets to consider if you have the ability to make a donation. Yes. Another organization you can support is the Black Visions Collective, which is based in Minnesota, and it's dedicated to dismantling systems of violence and oppression. Um, I would also suggest, uh, so Minnesota Freedom Fund uh, has actually at this point been saying, don't donate to us anymore, we're good. Um, and they've instead compiled alongside uh, fellow Minnesota organization Reclaim the Bo Block, um, a number of other organizations in Minneapolis that can use the funds. So that is an ongoing list that you can access on the Minnesota Freedom Fund website. Uh, CommunityJusticeExchange.org uh, has a list and links to bail funds all over the country that need donations. Um, they aren't just keeping protesters from sitting in jail while awaiting trial. They're also advocates for prison reform and related issues. Uh, it's well worth researching. Um, Black Lives Matters, with an S at the end, dot C-A-R-R-D dot co is a great place, one-stop shop, uh, place to start for finding where to donate, resources to educate yourself, etc. And hey, it's also Pride Month, uh, and that holds a very special place in the dance world's heart. And here's your friendly reminder that Pride would not exist without the Stonewall riots and the efforts of queer and trans people of color. So try to make your, like, if you can make your advocacy intersectional, you should. And actually, it's not even a if you can, you should. Yes, absolutely. And um, the NAACP and NAACP Legal Defense Fund are just a couple of other options, as well as Buy from a Black Woman, which helps support Black female business owners. And um, the dance union, led by Jay Bowie and Melanie Green, has been having virtual town halls to dismantle white supremacy and uh, to collectively solve important problems in the dance world. Yeah, you can watch the live stream of their town hall from Monday night on YouTube now. Definitely do that. Um, you should also definitely subscribe to the excellent Dance Union podcast, which regularly gets into these kinds of issues. So now we have the next installment in our Social Disc Dancing with a D series, um, in which we ask artists from different parts of the dance world to leave us voice memos just describing how they're doing right now. This week, we have a message from Ailey's extraordinary Jacqueline Green. Um, we're so glad to have her voice in the podcast. Um, we did just want to note before we play her message that it was recorded on May 24th, um, one day before the murder of George Floyd. So that's kind of a, a time capsule, um, but we still wanted to share her thoughtful words with you all. So here she is. Hello, Dance Edit Podcast. This is Jacqueline Green, principal dancer with the Alvin Ailey American Dance Theater. I was with the company headed to Dallas when coronavirus came and changed everything. We had just landed when we were informed that Dallas and the next few cities on our tour would be canceled. Dallas being only the 10th city on our 21 city tour. Management told us that they would be returning us to New York City to shelter. Well, my fiance was already headed to his family's home in Chicago to get out of the craziness of New York City. So I went there to meet him. And we've been here ever since. 
To be honest, I've definitely had my moments of sadness and lack of motivation or inspiration. My wedding date was January of 2021, but because of how uncertain everything is, for not just me and my fiancé, but for the people we love, we've had to postpone our wedding until 2022. I realized after catching up on lots of sleep, reading, and TV shows that I needed to get active. I started to crave it. You know when it's your life and your practice to be active daily, you start to crave it when you've had too much downtime. I had to create a schedule. There was only one thing wrong. I did not like taking class on Instagram in my kitchen. That did not help my lack of motivation, having to turn my kitchen into a dance studio. But I realized hearing the names of my friends in the company and hearing from familiar teachers helped. I got motivated to see them and dance with them again. It was a glimmer of inspiration that I needed. I also enjoy contributing to Ailey's quarantine social media content. Getting dressed up and putting on makeup makes it feel more like a performance. The hardest thing about this is not being with my family. I'm here in Chicago with my fiance's family and I love them. However, recently several members of my family contracted COVID-19 and I felt so helpless being so far away. It was scary and it put things into perspective. We have the privilege to shelter and just because it seems like you're staying home and doing nothing, you're doing everything. One person getting it could make all the difference and your world would suddenly be turned upside down. Now, thankfully, all the members of my family have recovered and are doing well, but we still take our precautions a little more seriously than before. The silver lining is that we as humans are tapping back into our humanity and having real desires for personal connections. We are living in crazy, uncertain times right now. Going grocery shopping feels like an episode of The Walking Dead. It honestly feels like someone went back in time and accidentally changed something they weren't supposed to, and now this is our future. Some words of advice. Know that what you feel is real. No reaction to what's happening is too small. Acknowledge it and be proactive about turning it positive and keeping it positive. Do something to feel productive, learn something new, or go be active. These things only have positive outcomes that benefit you. And no, we are all in this together. Literally call any of your friends and have that I know, me too moment. You might be filled from it, or you might end up being the light for someone else. Thank you, Jacqueline, so much for sharing that with us. Um, we wanted to mention that you can actually see Jacqueline tonight, June 4th, on Alial Access and Lincoln Center's at-home portal in the streaming of a 2015 performance. It's a fantastic lineup, including Ronald K. Brown's Grace and, and then, of course, Ailey's Classic Revelations. And then a week from today, she'll be part of the Ailey Spirit Gala broadcast um, with some innovative digital programming happening. So you can find out more about all of that at alvinailey.org. Um, and by following at Alvin Ailey on Instagram. Um, also be sure to follow Jacqueline herself at jagreen711 on Instagram too. Um, thank you everyone for joining us. We will be back next week for more discussion of the news that's moving the dance world. Please keep learning, keep advocating, and keep dancing. Mind how you go, friends. Bye, everyone. The 
Dance Edit podcast is a product of Dance Media, publisher of Dance Magazine, Dance Spirit, Point, Dance Teacher, Dance Business Weekly, and the Dance Edit newsletter. Our hosts are Courtney Escoyne, Margaret Fuhrer, Lydia Murray, and Cadence Neenan. Our music is by Celestine, with special thanks to Broadway Dance Center for helping us record those footfall sounds. Find out more about the Dance Edit and subscribe to our daily newsletter at thedanceedit.com. Thank you.